0: This is Capital City with Capital J. Yeah. What time for your mind? It's Capital J. This is Capital City Podcast. I'm here alongside my main man,
1: DL Glass.
0: And we're in the building. This week, we're going to talk about lane jumping, for better or for worse. You know what lane jumping is?
1: Like in traffic?
0: Yeah, kind of. But we're talking about it in music. And. Everybody in music has a lane. And when I say lane jumping, I'm referring to those moments when an artist gives you something that you don't expect, something that's kind of out of their lane or maybe in a new lane. could be a total new genre or just a new lane within the same genre, but those unexpected curveballs that artists throw. They build a devoted fan base over the lifetime of their career with one particular sound, then one day, boom, something comes out and you hardly recognize your favorite artist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
1: Sometimes it's bad.
0: Sometimes it is. And since we're on the subject of lane jumping, you know, we always start where we where we always start. Back in the early days, you know, for the most part, when you go back, if we go back too far, we're not gonna find many examples. Of lane jumping from artists, you know what I mean? Right. But the earliest that I can remember is probably Walk This Way. Walk This Way. Or Push It by Salt and Pepper. Hmm. I say Push It was probably a bigger lane jump than Walk This Way from Run DMC, considering they had always put a little bit of rock and roll sprinkles on their album.
1: Run DMC, you mean? Yeah. Right. So
0: Walk This Way, when I heard
1: it, it wasn't that
0: much of a surprise. Mm-hmm. But when I turned Tramp over and played Push It, I was like, what is this? I was not happy. Why? Hey, that I had come to expect a certain type of hip hop, mm-hmm. salt and pepper. And when I heard Push It, I was like, this is not what I come to expect from them. Mm-hmm. So when I buy a record and flip it over, I expect the B-side to be as good as A-side. Now, a funny thing happened,
1: though people love push it. Absolutely. One and of that's the biggest.
0: Yeah, it's probably one of their biggest hits. It's probably right up there with What a Man. I don't know which one sold the most, I would think that by now Push it is probably outsold What a Man.
1: Longevity. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's still
0: on commercials and all this. that's you know, that's the money they can pass on to their grandkids. That's
1: that's the one that they still can perform. Right. Nobody books them for What a Man. Now, I don't know What a Man was huge too.
0: Like you know, I bet you. As soon as they finish with "Push It," <laughs> or, or better yet, <laughs> "Push It," they probably sing "What a Man" right before "Push It" in the concert. You <laughs> got to build up to your biggest stuff, right? But "Push It." We're gonna use "Push It" as the place that we're gonna start off on this journey today. All right. Okay, everybody's making their hip hop music. We know what hip hop sounds like. It was you know, in the in that era, it was samples. Um heavy drums, tempo about 95 to 105 beats a minute. Man, that um, Push It was a departure from the traditional sound of the day. And it was a gamble that worked. And after that, other artists weren't scared to lane jump. For better or for worse. For some people, now the, the thing that I hate is when people in lane jump and make a song that I don't particularly like from that artist and it turns out to be the biggest one of their career. And I wonder how artists feel about that. You know what I mean? Right. When you jump out of your lane for a second, it could be just at the urging of somebody in your camp saying, yo, man, maybe you should try this. And then you try it and it turns out to be the most successful thing you ever did, but it's not what's near and dear to your heart.
1: Right. I hated it.
0: I hated it. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine making a song that you ain't really want to make and then it turns into the biggest song of your career and you got to perform that joint (laughs) every time you go out for the rest of your life?
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of artists like that. Yeah. If you listen listen to them in the interviews, they tell you, because first of all, they didn't believe the track would work. Right. That's, That's the... The term Yeah, I work. didn't
0: think it would work. <laughs> <laughs> and now, every time I leave the house, I got to sing this song. Right. <laughs> so, so like, let's take Walk This Way, for example. hmm The majority of us who are really into Run-DMC, the favorite song on the album was probably not Walk This Way. And mm-hmm. for the new fans that it brought Run-DMC, when they heard the rest of the stuff, I wonder what their reaction was to the rest of Run-DMC's songs. You know, do they? if you never heard of Run-DMC and you like Walk This Way, do you listen to the album and say, I love this? Or you're like, yo, this is not what I expected. If you never heard of salt and pepper and you hear Push It,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you go and listen to the album, first album, Hot, Cool, and Vicious or whatever. Are you happy with it? If you like Push It and that's what you came to know and love from them. And on the flip side of that, for everybody who loved the album – and that sound out of them was push it satisfying for you. You know, but I know for a lot of a lot of people like push it. I'm not trying to trash the song at all. But it was a departure <laughs> from the typical salt and pepper sound. Okay. It turned to the biggest song of their career. But when you listen to the album, you didn't hear anything else like that. And that era gave you a lot of that kind of stuff. The Beastie Boys did it. You know, uh, uh fight for your right to party. You listen to the whole first album, License the Ill. Mm-hmm. When you get to fight for your right to party, I mean, if you're a hip-hop fan, you skip that song. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I listened to it straight through, it's because I had a tape deck and I was too lazy to go fast forward past it. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> just being honest.
0: Yeah, just being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and for whatever it was, I'm pretty sure it was an all right song. As a matter of fact, that song is still one of their classic joints, and they made a single out of it, made a video and everything. Of course, MTV ate it up. And it's not like the Beastie Boys were inauthentic when they did it because they started off as a punk band, you know, and then switched over to hip hop, but they still, you know, they were being true to their roots. So it's not like what they were doing was inauthentic, which is probably why it worked. But as a hip hop fan, that was a lane jump. <laughs> were you ready for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. You, right. Yeah, here's a little story I got to tell. You've been rocking all this Paul Revere and, and all these other. Hard joints,
1: and then this comes the new style four and three and two and one, and
0: then right at the end,
1: yeah,
0: kick it there, straight guitars. And it's like, what is happening right now, right? And it wasn't the same kind of like the way Run DMC introduced that rock on their stuff, it was hard. Like when, when they came out, Rock Box and um, you know, King of Rock. It's got the guitars, but it still felt like hip hop. Nothing about them joints, that, that, those weren't departures. Walk This Way was the departure. Didn't feel like the mother joints. Probably because you got a real rock and roll singer on it. Steven Tyler is an established rock and roll voice. So when you hit Walk This Way, that is uh, now. This is a real rock and roll song. It ain't a just real. rock and roll influence. They made a rock and roll song. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and the lyrics were actual the lyrics from the original song. So they're not even writing their own stuff on here. Hmm. This is they redid a rock and roll classic, and it
1: worked. Did it work? Did it work? It did, worked. Did it, did it? Did it transform or it 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 impacted the culture? You know
0: it it worked but i don't know how much it impacted our culture like you know that that song didn't really change anything for us mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i think that um you know I'm, when i my look back on it i could probably say that uh uh limp cats like you know groups like limp biscuit and such could have been born from that you know what i mean
2: mm-hmm.
0: seeing the seeing that that rock and roll can mesh with hip hop right and you had a lot of people that that took that lane later,
1: mm-hmm. but that
0: lane did not exist until that song. So mm-hmm. they they opened the door. I think Salt Pepper probably opened the door for JJ Fad. Supersonic had pushed it, not been so successful. Maybe JJ Fad might not have seen that as that option. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, I'm just speculating here. Right. But um, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> but you know. But um back in the day though, artists would, they would take um, yeah, they would take some chances on the albums. You remember UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne, mm-hmm.
2: they're
0: a pretty hardcore hip-hop group. But they sang a slow jam on there. You're like right at the end of the album. You just got finished listening to all this hip-hop, cutting and scratching. And then be my fairy tale, love. <laughs> and they were serious. It wasn't a joke, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. It's a real slow jam that they sang and meant. So that was a lane jump, yo. And huh. for the most part, I would say it worked, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about Force MDs. We knew them as um as singers, but, you know, they were rappers too, and they tore it up. Itch it for a scratch it had rap and singing in it. Talking about lane jumping, they invented a lane that took people a long time. Like now that's all there is is rapping singers, and singing rappers or whatever you want to call it. That's what they were about. Um, I tell you, a lane jump that kind of bothered me, one of the early ones, uh, when Big Daddy Kane went from, you know, he did all his work with Marley Marl. So every time I hear Big Daddy Kane, I kind of know I'm going to get a Marley Marl track with
2: it. Mm-hmm.
0: Then he lane jumped. Teddy Riley produced the song, I Get It, I Get the Job Done. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, Big Daddy K on New Jack, on the New Jack sound.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was something I wasn't ready for. But the song did well on radio, and I bet you it was probably commercially successful, probably was one of his more commercially successful songs. But there's a risk with making that kind of, when you do that, because, you know, record labels wanna make money with you. And if you step out of your lane for a sec, and acquiesce to whatever they're trying to get you to do, mm-hmm. then next thing you know, if it works, you might have to do it again. Right. And again. And you lose the original fan base.
1: But has he had success since then? Or what was his success like before? Big Daddy Kane?
0: Yeah. Uh, let me see. That first uh, first album came out what, around 86, 87. Long Live the Kane. That was a successful album. Had a lot of hit singers. You had Raw on there, and um, ain't no half stepping. Like you knew that album front to back. Everybody who who's involved in hip hop back then knew everything about the album front to back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then the next one dropped, and I don't think it was commer- as commercially successful. But he did try to keep the sound, and I think I get the job done. When did what album was that on the second album? I gotta double check that. Yeah, that was the one that that made, like, when he put out I Get the Job Done, you saw Big Daddy Kane turning into more of a household name. hmm You know what I mean? Like, it was like, we knew who Big Daddy Kane was, but when I Get the Job Done came out, your mama knew who he was, too. hmm You know Commercial. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it it served its purpose. Right. But I don't recall, after that, I don't recall... Big Daddy Kane dropping anything that had quite the impact in the areas that the first album had after that. But he was big time after that, you know, even though he was big time. You know, sometimes people get famous and they ride this wave of fame for a while, but you don't really hear no music during that time. Like Nicki Minaj is still famous, but you haven't really, you know, you hear music from her, but it's not, I'm not saying it don't matter, but it ain't the same as when she was at the top of the game, you know. ASAP Rocky, he made some music that impacted people, and now you still yeah. see him everywhere. But is do you care when he drops an album as much? You know what I mean.
1: But um, to compare Nikki <laughs> to ASAP Rocky musically is not fair. Yeah, I'm just I'm just tossing out there as somebody
0: as somebody who, Nicki, who we know is still gonna be in the public eye. Like, where's yeah. Khalifa still in the public eye, and you know that he's doing stuff. He's, I'm using the air quotes, relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, Big Daddy Kane was relevant for a long time without necessarily having any music that, that anybody was begging me to play in the club at the time. You know, but he was yeah. still a relevant artist in the game, kind of like Jay-Z. Right. Like, you know, like everybody knows who Jay is, Jay-Z is, and he's totally relevant to the game, but... And he just got finished rapping on God did. But do you really need anything new out of him in the club? Or,
1: you know, is anybody asking for the latest Jay-Z? Not really. Yeah, and I I, I get that. And I I just, like, when looking at an artist like Nicki, um, Nicki drops stuff with people. And it does well around the world. Compared to just in our community uh, of the hip hop culture, and I think that <clears throat> it's like an artist like Nikki is. Um, she's different than just you know doing it, and then
0: no, she's not. She's just like everybody else. You know
1: why? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, seriously. Hey, look, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we brought up because okay. right here she's writing what we're talking about. She did it too. You know what her lane jump was? the Starships. Yes. And
1: she's been there ever she since though. And has she has she really she, been in that lane ever had, since?
0: Or did she just step into it and that she been in it. all the gains that she got from having that song out there and all the people who knew her from that, she's still just eating off
1: that Nah. Nicki is still dropping stuff of that caliber, and it's still working. We just so don't listen Starships,
0: to it. I have Starships, I haven't really heard nothing with the I know, techno li- pop feel of Starships
1: out of her lately. Just Google search featuring Nicki Minaj. Oh, featuring. Man, we ain't no featuring that, that, that yeah. That's what I'm saying, though, that's but a, she's still getting it. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the only difference yeah. I'm saying. But
0: that was a lane jump, was it not?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, she Because she and it was came a successful lane, jump. bars at you, and, and that's damn.
0: the that's the crazy thing. What happens when Starships is your biggest song, and you don't drop stuff like Truffle Butter and Itty Bitty Piggy and all this other stuff, hardcore
1: lyrics, but hit I it think, on them. That, that's and, what I'm saying. You know, like the top forty stuff that she dropped that 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 probably wasn't her biggest song to date. Now what, Starships, it might have been back then or or in recent, but now she. Like, it's a track that she just dropped, um, and like you said, she's featured on it, but I still say <clears throat> it shows a lot that Nicki Minaj is featured on another song in the top 20s.
0: Well, you know, that, that could be Doja Cat that she's featured on. Doja Cat is, is an obvious Doja. fan of hers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: they did a track together too, but it, yeah, it's yeah. more than that, you know? Yeah. I, I just... It, you know, I just try to pay homage to the sis because she, she be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that but that was the main <laughs> jump. You know what yes, I'm saying? Absolutely. And
0: and you and, and she off. fits into what we're saying too, because after that, a lot of people didn't I'm not saying people didn't take her seriously because they do. But the people who like Starship, like, you know, kids are singing Starship on the Ellen show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do they turn around and buy a Nicki Minaj album? Now, you see what I'm saying? No, I'm talking about back then. Like uh, like when the song came out, you jump your your name for a second, and you put something out, you get new fans, but do you have anything else for those people at that time? You know, when you do this lane jump and it becomes a successful um part of your career, right? And you have all this other music, it's nothing like that. You know, what do you do with those fans that you gain? Sell them singles? You sell them single. But then what do you do
1: with your old fans?
0: Because when you lane jump, you risk alienating a huge portion of the people that started rolling with you in the beginning.
1: Well, I think that used to be true. I don't think it's as true now because of the potential of attracting new fans. That's true. That's true. You know, like, but. Hope said it best. They say he want my old wish to go buy my old albums. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, yeah. he, he said it oh, best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he ain't rap them. like
0: Common Sense.
1: Nope. <laughs> 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 For real.
0: Hey, and, and, you know, sometimes it's not even, and that, that lane change isn't always in the sound, your sound. Like, mm-hmm. we seen, you know, going back to that, that 80s era, we saw artists Flip that lane change in their look, even though the sound might not have deviated too far from what you expect. Like um MC Hammer. MC Hammer was always a pretty um, it was pretty family friendly.
1: Like a deacon. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, almost like
0: a deacon. He even had a song called Pray. Yes. Um, and if you listen, like I don't think there was a whole lot of curse words. I didn't have to have clean versions of MC no. Hammer records. Until and he
1: came out with...
0: Well, and Pumps and the Bump, I don't think that was dirty. It wasn't, the song wasn't dirty. And that's he what I'm saying. A- so if you just listen to the song, it was it was Hammer. But the image, the way he looked in the video was not what you used to from Hammer. He's dancing around in a bikini. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is a little bit far, it was overly sexualized right. for what, like, you know, Hammer always had girls dancing around him and stuff, but mm-hmm. they were never overly sexualized. Right. And then Pumps in a Bump, you know, it felt like this This is Hammers. Um, you know, it felt like he was selling out or something. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because like, this ain't, you, you almost want to pull him to the side, like, this ain't you, baby. What's going on? <laughs> hey, you know really? what I mean? What's going on, baby? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that was just a visual departure because musically, he could have just put on his regular old hammer pants and the stuff you used to see in the men and done that video and it would have been, you wouldn't have thought anything different <laughs> about Pumps and a bump, because he's always talking about making people dance, and that's pumps and a bump. You know, okay, talking about a butt. Damn, it's MC a Hammer. But look, you know who else did it in the video, though? Run DMC, when they came out with Down With The King. hmm It wasn't uh, musically, well, I will say this. Musically, that was a little bit of a departure musically, because you got Pete Rock on a production for Run DMC, which is, that ain't, you know... Run right. DMC was Rick Rubin, Larry Smith. You know, they kind of stuck with their people pretty heavy. And all of a sudden, for them to be produced by Pete Rock was a departure. But if you look at the video, man, like, I'm, yeah, you've been watching Run DMC forever. They wear Adidas, Adidas sweatsuits, and they, they can't go hats or whatever. And all of a sudden, in the video, it's no hats on, Timberland boots looking like Onyx. <laughs> That like, was a departure. Ones, oh. It was a visual departure, even more than an audio departure. You like, know what I mean?
1: I stopped paying t- attention to them after that. See, yeah, I did. See, yeah, they
0: was reaching. Yeah, it felt like they. <laughs> were, it felt like they were trying to go somewhere that they weren't supposed to be. Yeah, felt like they were. You know, it's like, wait a minute, we already got Onyx, right? And then Jay Jay put Onyx out. Jam Master Jay, right? You see what I'm saying? So why why uh, ran DMC? The people who taught everybody how to dress in hip hop <laughs> looking like somebody else. It was just, you know, it hurt. It hurt a little bit yeah. to see them
1: jump lanes like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it probably hurt them too. Biggie. That first hey, album. Hey, hey, watch your mouth. Watch hey, I'm just mouth, saying, watch man.
0: It. I'm not saying it was a total lane flip, but that first album was stupid hardcore. What? You know what I'm saying? Like that first album, that first album would make your nose bleed. Yes, sir. The second one, by the time Puffy got finished, like you heard that he polished them up, put them on some new clothes, like I, I didn't, uh, I, y'all, y'all had to excuse me. I'm just not a big fan of hip hop being too polished up, because I've been around it for so long, and part of the appeal for me was that anybody could do it with limited resources. Mm-hmm. And the more polished it got, the further it got away from being accessible to people who didn't have money. Right. And and hip-hop was always something that you didn't need money to enjoy. And Puffy made it, you know, made it so you had to have money to enjoy it. And started, you know, you know folks started having these exclusive parties and charging $50 to get in and all this stuff. That was all Puffy stuff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: everybody in this
0: party got to have on a white outfit.
1: I was, yeah. I was, um, <clears throat> I was at CIAA uh, a few years back, and we were having drinks outside on the patio, and they were having a, a um, performance inside the venue, uh-huh. and I saw a grown man come outside and say, like he was almost in tears because he couldn't get in. To a hip hop event. What,
0: well, he had on some sneakers. He had tickets. And he had sneakers on or something? He had tickets. Well, what, what was what was his what was wrong? He had sneakers on. And he had sneakers on. And they wouldn't and, let him in. And see that that is something that happened during the Puffy era. Hundred dollars. Like, that plus was, And that's what tickets. I'm saying. That's too much polish on the hip hop. And and that came partly with Biggies. Lane change,
1: they said they figure out when I wouldn't um trip if I was in my best clothes,
0: you know what I'm saying, so yeah. so you gotta think like that's like that and when you think when he changed lanes, and I'm not saying hip hypnotize was still a hip hop song, so it's but it's fault. totally different than than what we knew from Biggie earlier, like that that song was kind of. You know, it's just basic. You had the girl, Biggie, Biggie, Biggie. Can't you see? Sometimes it was. If you blame was,
1: Puff, you gotta blame Jay Z too.
0: Well, at that particular time, Jay Z wasn't as as influential, and in, in that moment, you know what I'm saying. But right. but Puffy shining Biggie up and cleaning Biggie up changed a lot in the game, mm-hmm. and that lane changed. You know, from street. But but that lane change right there, and what did it create? Another mm. one of his most successful songs. You know what I'm yes. saying? And and that's the, the hard part is, you know, had Biggie live, would he have been forced to make more hypnotized or more ready-to-die music? Now,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, but under the puff ring reign, um, Biggie was the first one that he polished up like that because that's not... Forget about Puff was doing R&B and all this other stuff during that time. Yeah, but everybody else, like, he he couldn't polish Craig Mack. Well, I'm I'm talking about R&B
0: acts, too, because they was... Well, if you think about it like this, you know that Puffy was polishing everybody. Mm -hmm. So you look at everybody on the label. Nobody even had braided hair. Yeah, You're talking about hip-hop music in New York City, in the 90s everybody in there had a puff daddy haircut he made yeah. everybody look like him right. and that's the more cultish behavior but you know what i'm saying
1: on, the only reason i'm saying that i'm i'm just wondering you know what i'm saying did he start it with biggie and he saw the success that he could have with biggie so that's when he made it a part
0: i don't know of- i think i think his i think he always had it in him i think um you know if i had to guess i think that his goal was always to polish it pop up Okay. And make it, um, you know, the make it itself. more valuable. Because right. what it did, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that that it was the worst thing economically. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't keep, you know, you can't, uh, it's it's almost like dressing for the role. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want a better job, you dress better and show, you know, you know, you, the executives don't look like the janitors. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. So Puffy started dressing the artists like the executives and and there's a there's a power in the, in the imagery and you know on the flip side we got you know they got paid better as they looked better yeah. and the music sounded cleaner and all of that stuff so you know and and that's what it takes to sell it at a higher level yeah. like you can't take on um, like as much as I love the jungle brothers and and um Wu Tang's first albums, you know, that's not, that stuff, you couldn't, you can't, you can't push that outside of our genre too much because it just, the sound wasn't even polished enough. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, you know, I, you know, in in a lot of ways, Puff knew what he was doing, you know, just because it wasn't my particular preference, I can't say that that he was doing bad business by any means. Well, at least not, you know, in terms of, of where he was taking.
1: But you have said that Puff was the worst thing that happened to happen in hip
0: hop. I've said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Hey>, well,
1: <laughs> like, like don't backtrack. Now you hey. have said that.
0: Hey, and I, I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to be as as objective as possible. You know what I'm saying? What I know, uh, like, and I I believe I I told you I would prefer that hip hop stayed in its gritty stage. You know, if mm-hmm. it was up to me, we wouldn't even yeah. have a Serato in this thing. Everybody be spinning wax back and forth. With two turntables, but at the same time, I also understand is how how much more convenient it is to just walk in the club with my computer, right? You know what I mean. Right. But I like the records. Right. Like there was, I mean, shoot, it kept trash out of the way. Mm-hmm. How many of these dudes? You think you would have all this trash being dropped if they had to press it up on wax and give it to a DJ? No, no. Absolutely. You could do anything and put it out on SoundCloud or YouTube. Right. But you you know, you're not gonna spend fifteen hundred dollars to press up for a few copies to get out to the DJs unless you really believe in it, you know. Hmm. And some of this stuff never would have gotten pressed up, never would have made it through, you know. Um, let me see. Who else who else jumped out of the lane? Yeah, that hypnotized lane change was uh That was <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tupac. Um yes. you know if you think about where Tupac started he wasn't as dark and then when he did go dark right, he stayed in that lane but the the um the lane change after that was Dear Mama that that song is surrounded by poison
1: but it's about your mama
0: but it's about your mama <laughs> but when you think about it like when you listen to the album Think about you listen to all that other stuff and you think about how aggressive that album was. Right. And how angry that album sounded. And then you get to dear mama, and it's like,
1: uh. Ah. Like R. Kelly being in the midst of making porn with the kids, and he dropped. I believe I could fly. <laughs> Sadie. Sadie. The, the tribute to his mom on You know that what I'm saying?
0: Right, right. So <laughs> that was that was a departure from his sound at the time. Right. And again, it worked one of the most successful singles. So, yeah. So, you know, what what we're seeing is a pattern of when an artist is has developed a huge following amongst his people, you know, that lane change usually ends up being their biggest song because they're so talented that if you can amass a following within your own genre, then the moment the rest of the world hears you, they're going to love you too. Mhm. Um let me see. Nice, you owe me. <laughs> that was a departure from from his typical sound. I don't nice. Didn't he sound comfortable on that to me? <clears throat> it, you I know, would
1: say the bodyguard had a better verse. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just yeah. didn't.
0: He didn't sound comfortable on there.
1: And it was on the radio.
0: Now they say you owe me something. Nice, genuine. genuine.
1: No, like, mm. ever again. You know Mm, what mm, I mean? uh, But that's
0: that's that lane departure, you know what I mean? Right. But I think for Nas, you know, he stepped over there, he stepped right back. Right. You know what I mean? He stayed and Dozed off. And Nas didn't stay That Like, he jumped over there, and, you know, we gave him a side eye for a second, and he got right back to work. But you know what he did
1: after that? (laughs) (laughs) They shooting. Ha, major look. Uh Uh-huh. And the album was nothing like that. Oh, that album nothing. That <laughs> album was nothing like that. But he gave you, he gave you what he you wanted. You he made you look. He you made you look. He made you look. Yeah, man. And he dropped one mic on that album too. One mic. Hold up. That was the
0: album, one mic. Yeah. No, no. One mic. My, my one mic wasn't on. That was um. Still had one mic.
1: It was around the same because he Steel like, was albums. fire. He dropped like three stillmatic
0: hours. Stillmatic was huh? fire, don't you front on Still stillmatic. Nah, stillmatic, yeah. Stillmatic was stillmatic. Yeah. Nah, you know what I'm saying? That was fire. Hey, y'all, uh, 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 Scarface. How about that diabolical lane change he put on y'all when he dropped that gospel song with Faith Evans called "Someday"? Hmm. Now think about this, it, Scarface. Right from the Ghetto Boys. Right. He has been a part of a song that discussed throwing a baby out the window. And then he made the gospel song on that um the Fix album. Mm-hmm. And that was a departure from the regular Scarface. And I thought that was one of the most beautiful songs I ever heard in my life, man.
1: It, it was. Never
0: heard nothing like that, that. That was sick.
1: It was. It was sick. It was, it was Working sick. with
0: Pharrell, too. Like, Scarface right. and Pharrell and Faith, come on, man. That's a departure from, from his lane. Scarface is rap a lot. right. This dude has got a production by Pharrell with New York City Faith Evans on it. Come on, man, <laughs> that's a lane change, big time. Um, Method Man As hard as hardcore as Wu Tang is when they drop down your wall. Honey. Right, it was an obvious attempt at commercial radio success. Puff Daddy on the remix,
1: you know what I'm saying? Come on, mm-hmm. man! They remade the whole song.
0: Yep, that was a lane change for Meth, and what it what what it turned into? His most successful Chance. song ever. Ever. That's the one that you know. Go from you know who Wu Tang and Method Man is to your parents know who Method Man is now mm-hmm. because of that song. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It was a game changer, and it um. Most successful song. But is that the one he wanted to perform every weekend? Probably not.
1: I don't know because you don't think he liked
0: that?
1: Nah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say, right? But, you know, all I know is that when
0: I listened to that song, it was obviously not in the same lane as everything else I heard from the Woo. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. It was a true departure. And then, you know, that's just meth. But by the time we the Wu Tang did all their stuff, when they dropped Gravel Pit, that felt like a little lane departure too. Like they were trying to go for a new a new sound or a new piece of audience. Is you got, and you gotta remember, um Wu Tang had a lot of crossover fans.
1: Yes, they did. And I did, wonder
0: was that an attempt to to give them a little something?
1: Maybe go E D M. Well, I don't know, man. That I don't know what garbage, was going
0: on man. with that that song right there. But that was a lane change, and I don't know if we wanted that. Did you want that? Garbage. Ugh. Check out my gravity. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Is this the woo? <laughs> oh man. Uh, who else? Who else? Destiny Child. We always knew them. They, you know, think about this. They were little girls, and they had this little, a uh, little, uh, kind of a girl groupy vibe hmm That you didn't expect too much uh, edginess out of them, right? hmm And then they dropped Soldier. I need a soldier. I want a soldier. With Weezy. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you got it. I'm the hottest around. Right. Who was
1: that that started off on that? Was that Weezy? Yeah, Lil Wayne and uh, T.I. And T.I., yeah. But hold on. Was the joint with Cam before that? Uh, Destiny Child? Yeah.
0: John? yeah. Mm. Did they? I don't remember. Okay. But- but when they dropped the Soldier Joint, you know it was it was, it was almost different. like them saying, "Okay, we're not Destiny's child anymore. We're Destiny's women now, right. and we're grown, right. and we also are saying that we like these thugs out here too." Uh-huh. You know, because before that, you wouldn't have really you right. wouldn't have put it together like that because their image had been controlled by the record labels for so long. We uh-huh. still see saw them as a girl group, right? Uh, and then kind of a and kind of a purish type of girl group, you so know it what I mean? Makes sense
1: now that Beyonce is the type of artist that she is.
0: Well, yeah, especially but if you think back then though, um, like before Jay Z, she was dating Slim Thug. Yeah, you know, was it was it Slim Thug? No, Slim Thug was dating the other one. She was dating um another another a rapper. A couple I think. rumors. Yeah, but um, no, Slim Thug was dating uh, Latoya Luckett. I think I I don't remember. Don't 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 don't. Check me on none of this. Right. But but I know that Beyonce, she was a regular chick. You know, she wasn't, you know, but it's like they painted them to be like, um, you know, you almost didn't see them as normal girls. And right. then they dropped Soldier, letting you know, like, it was kind of like just letting you know, hey, don't forget, we like the same thing y'all like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And ever since then, you see them differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I'm saying? It almost says more down to earth, a little bit. And I think Soldier helped do that for them. And it wasn't by any means their most successful single, but it was something I think that they did to endear themselves to the same audience that hip hop, uh, to the hip hop audience. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like, just to remind y'all that we're not just all pop, because they were trying to take Destiny's Child and make them, you know. Straight pop, yeah, yeah, over the top pop, and I think that that was that brought them back back to us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I said one you brought up earlier, Uh the Rick Ross
1: joint. Oh, uh, purple Lamborghini.
0: Ah, yeah, he tried to now. For for a lot of you who don't understand is you have our trap music, which you know songs about selling drugs in the trap, and then you got. The trap sound that's like an EDM, a spinoff of EDM. hmm And that was Rick Ross experimenting with that trap music. I was wondering if he was going to stay in that lane for a little while, too. I think that song was fairly successful for him, Purple Lamborghini.
1: Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Yeah. It's one of his top ones. Yep. But, and as far as we go,
0: for the people who... I DJ for when Purple Lamborghini come on, I'm getting out of there before that drop comes, that trap drop. <laughs> you know, that's not that these don't work for us mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it was for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> All this lane changing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody gotta try something different. Right. Think hey. about right now. Um Beyonce made a house jam. You know, Beyonce not a house music artist. Mm-hmm. There are people who are dedicated to house music, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Beyonce just make a house jam. You know, Mm-hmm. it's gonna end up being one of the most successful songs of her career.
1: Yes. You know, is it out or you? T- you talk about now that. Break new- my soul. Oh, break my soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. Yep. A lot right. of people are upset about the content of the song too. I don't know what there was. What was there to be upset about in that song? But she telling people to quit their jobs. Oh, come on, man. Just saying what the blog saying, baby. Just saying what the blog saying, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was crazy.
0: Everybody looking for something to be mad about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just think that being billionaire there shouldn't be telling nobody to quit their jobs. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: you <laughs> got yeah. A, you got a point there. I you don't know
0: <laughs> But, you know, if you listen to Beyonce, who faulted that? If you listen to Beyonce
1: for career advice. I mean, you know how that goes, man. Music is the most powerful drug on this earth.
0: Speaking of speaking of house and lane jumping, we always knew Rihanna is kind of like a, you know, she started as kind of like a, a young Mary J. ish type of vibe. You know, everything she dropped was hip hop oriented, and she was singing on it. And
1: right. you know, she was doing kids' music before, before she even got that you know, doing R and B. I don't know, but Pun Replay was the first song I heard from
0: her. Pun the replay on to turn the music up. And that song was very hip hop reggae ish. And then um she uh let me see. I mean like, all this stuff was, you know, umbrella. think about umbrella, hmm. it's 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 hip hop ish. You know what I'm saying? And Jay Z's on the remix. That's a hip hop. It's part of our, you know, it's part of the hip hop culture. But when when she side the lane flip and she jumped on the Calvin Harris joints, uh, this is what you came for, stuff like that, man, over the top. You know, which goes back to what I said, man. If, if you can amass a following amongst one group of people, wait till the next group hears you. They're going to love you too. There's right. not many people who have risen to the top of any genre that
1: right. have been
0: introduced to another group and other group didn't love them. Like, think about John Mayer. He was at the top of, of the pop genre when Kanye put him on on a song on his album.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We love him, too. You know that. Or was like, that Adam Divine? Divine? I don't know, but whoever it was. I mean, you know, a right. good artists, if you're at the top of your field, when you're introduced to the next group of people, they're going to feel you, too. There's something
1: about you. Mm-hmm. that got you there,
0: and it's going to translate across the board.
1: Dope, dope there's been a lot of um changes and like when just talking about uh i guess rap hip hop um the 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 best one that i saw was uh, when big and bone thugs and harmony oh that
0: was a that was a lane change for big
1: notorious thugs you know i oh thought i thought that he
0: struggled through that song too though
1: well, you know, they said you know, he he had to keep going back. Uh he well, punching in, I guess it was mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, yeah. He didn't he didn't
0: down. sound comfortable doing it. He spit you know? though. <laughs> but that that was a lane change.
1: Yes. And he jumped yes. out of
0: his lane for a sec, he jumped in there with them. Right. You know, I think um if I had to give props somebody who does the lane change the best, I would say it's probably Jay Z. Hmm. You know, You Belong to the City almost sunk him, though. When he tried to change lanes right. and go commercial, that was an obvious attempt at some commercial radio success with a different sound. And it didn't really work. Right. But but when it comes time for him to to, to get on other people's stuff like that, you know, Jay-Z's always done pretty well with that.
1: A lane change, So we are talking about Jay-Z, that didn't work for him, that ended up working for him was when – he got sued by Disney for using the anti-sample. Oh, Hard Knock Life. Yes, and that put him in a different conversation because a company like Disney was suing him. Mm-hmm. Now... Um, was that Disney or... Was... I think it was Disney. Can, can you think of a group that one person or the group split and you could tell the difference in the music and they tried to make a change? Mm, Ice Cube, mm. Ice Cube. Um, when Ice
0: Cube left NWA, W mm-hmm. A, it caused a lane change for them because they. Um, I would argue a lot of people that the the classics from N W A, the true classics, they all had Ice Cube on them
1: because he probably wrote it.
0: Hey, and and it's not like the music was bad on the second album, or the, it was it Niggas for Life? Mm-hmm. The music wasn't bad on that album. It was great. Mm-hmm. And there were some great songs on that album. But after Ice Cube left, they had to depend on shock value a little more. <laughs> so Damn. the violence was more over the top. Mm-hmm. And rather than stuff that you could kind of, like, if you think about the first album, the stuff they were talking about was stuff that you've seen or heard in the streets, or heard about more realistic drama. Mm-hmm. The second album, straight movie stuff, you know, stuff that, you know. Like, think about it. Easy he, he shot a hooker, right? And she gave him a head after they ran a train on a girl in the car. Nobody does that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's not what we do when we out partying. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But you listen to a song like Dope Man, it's everyday situations. That's what Ice Cube kept them... Tied into everyday real life type stuff. Once he was gone, they telling stories that only a psychopath can relate to. Somebody who's a true sociopath killer. Wow. You know, <clears throat> go back and listen to that album, man. It's You know, I hate to call it anything filth, but it was filth. I wouldn't want my kids listening to that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right, right.
0: Lane changing. Is there anybody that we miss that has some major lane change? Like, and, and uh, now we, we, we have artists, too, that that switched lanes and stayed. Mm-hmm. But the people that we talked about just kind of, they just did these random joints and went back to what they do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, all these people that we named, they just did a couple of songs or one song, and they made you say, what in the world? Right. And for a lot of them, it was the end of their, I don't want to say the end of their respect in the hip-hop community, but it was the end of their days on top. And it's almost, I guess, when you see people doing this, you kind of know that they're at a peak or have hit a peak right? and feel like they can either take it higher or they're going to save themselves and stay here a little bit longer by doing this. And they end up alienating their original um, fan base. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I I
1: can't think of, you know, other than like when
0: Snoop, tried to do a
1: reggae album.
0: Snoop did a gospel album. That's a lane yeah. change. But that's but see that's a whole album. But you know, he didn't Still, stay gospel. Right. And he didn't stay reggae.
1: Right. Lil nah, Wayne,
0: you remember he was trying to play the guitar, had right.
1: love,
0: had yeah. love. He tried the lane change and that was when he was at his peak. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Now he's trying to get new audience and and you know to his credit, How to Love actually did get him a few new People Hell paying yeah. attention to him Hell that yeah. had never paid attention before, and you got to know that Lil Wayne, if we love him, introduce him to somebody else, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna love him too, hmm. and they did,
2: and you they know, did,
0: they right. did. So, Lil Wayne is authentic talent, you know, it wasn't just that we love him because he was rapping, now nah, he do whatever he wants to, and they're gonna love it too, right? Um, Snoop tried to sing, yes, <laughs> yeah. Situable <you> Seduction. <laughs>
1: He had success from it, um, you know. messing around with the Neptunes. Hey, he didn't we, stay over there, but but did he not?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Snoop, Snoop is a Snoop is a, an anomaly. He does whatever he wants and it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Not everybody can do, can be Snoop. You know. You remember how we talked about E forty that time? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some guys just special. They got this unbelievable longevity, man. Snoop, Hippo like a hippopotamus. E-40, Jay-Z, you know, everybody can't do that. That's really hard to do, you know what I mean? They're the Tom Brady's and the Ray Lewis's that play for 20 years.
1: Like, you know. Right. Like, you know, everybody else got a little short career. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of one-hit wonders and such. hmm yeah. And Drake. Drake is going to be one. Sooner or later, it's gonna catch him, right?
0: I mean, I don't know if it's ever gonna catch him, man. I think I, <laughs> the way it's going, unless he unless he messes this up, yes. But you know that thing, Drake just did a huge lane change on us, gave us a whole house album,
1: absolutely. And then who who you talk about a second ago that had house music? No, Beyonce, absolutely.
0: Then yeah, she dropped the one song. He did a whole album for you.
1: I know. I'm just saying, you know what I'm though, saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw a meme. It's like Beyonce does one house jam. Y'all like, ah, Drake do a whole album. It's like, hmm. <laughs> but That's now I see show. his album is starting to grow on people. So I was like sticky and you know, I think the other ones, but it's massive. But they, yeah, those songs, it's starting to it's starting to grow. On you? I <laughs> I didn't think it was all terrible because like the thing I like about Drake. Is even though it seems like so much of a lane departure, he sticks with his producer. So even uh, when he, when the music changes, it still feels like Drake because 40's back there. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So it never gets too far away from his real sound. Because Drake has never had a sound right. he don't own. Like no sound is is totally attached to Drake. Is his singer sometimes? Is he huh. rapper sometimes? Is he trap rapper sometimes? Rapping to them girls sometimes.
1: Out of times. you know what like, I'm saying, yeah, yes, so, you're saying. so
0: you can't put him in no kind of box ever, you never were able to, so this for him to do this album is on brand, mhm-, you know, and I'll give it, you that and and I would say Kanye tried to be that same kind of artist, but he hasn't been as successful changing his sound as Drake has, you know, Kanye
1: had been able to change it up as successfully as Drake, um, so you're not gonna give. Drake more credit than what you give Kanye because I'm always,
0: I'm all day going to give Drake more credit than Kanye.
1: I think Kanye came at an interesting time in hip hop and his influence on how we, one, consume hip hop and two, how we listen to it because the whole element of, and, and Drake could probably say the same thing, of how great Kanye is and how influential. He's more influ, influential than I think a lot of people in music are just because of what he did. Who Drake? No, Kanye. Kanye? Yes. If, if it wasn't yeah. for Kanye breaking the barriers and doing what he did musically early on. What barriers did room, he break? Um, what barriers did he break? Kanye came with a whole new sound, and changed the focus of hip hop at the time that he came out.
0: Was his sound new though?
1: Yes, you know why, why you it think? was new. Because he took so many different instruments and stuff and sounds and put them together in a way that made you think of backpacking. Backpacking.
0: I give you that. Yeah, his production was was more. Nobody um, had a little no more complicated. He made you it know okay. What I'm
1: Let's think about the time that Kanye came. He came off of that gritty 90s era. Mm -hmm. And And it developed into something else. And he was still popping when the South and Snap music and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. was out during that time. But I didn't feel like his
0: sound was that new. I just felt like it was a revitalization of what had already been done in hip-hop. That's almost like he just he, brought it back rather than he, he creating something pieces new. Of it. You he took pieces, but of it. but I do, I do have to give like you brought something to my attention that I was about to not give him credit for, that I can't, I can't skip. Yes, his like his production was definitely come on. It's, man. it's just way like like yes, yes. He brought the when old school sound came. back, and he did add something to it. So yeah, I'm not getting ready. I can't take nothing from Kanye, but I still don't think. That I think that Drake got him at this point, as far as influence, like you know what I'm saying.
1: Well, is is Drake really influencing music? Or Absolutely. Everybody, trends? now I think think about this:
0: Kanye introduced his sound, and Drake introduced his sound. What do you hear more of? Dude singing on the, do you hear nope. more dudes singing while they rapping? Wait a minute, you're not
1: gonna give that to oh, Drake. I'm gonna
0: give 50 Cent that.
1: existed before Drake. Ja Rule existed before uh, but, Drake. but 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 they
0: weren't good at it. Ja Rule Ja, ja Rule, ja Rule was still cannot doing sing double
1: platinum after Listen, but what um, but the the I mean, difference uh,
0: the difference in Ja Rule and Fifty, they did that. But Drake singing is different then those guys singing, Because those oh. guys are singing in a way to say, I'm still a rapper, but I'm singing. And then 50s, you know, he ain't that serious. When Drake is singing this joint, it's an R&B song when he gets finished. R. 50 Cent, did 50 Cent ain't made no R&B song. Chris Brown did it first. R&B singers did it. Drake was a rapper singing that. that we accepted him as a rapper
1: before the singing.
0: He was a rapper before he was a singer. He didn't give us singing first, he
1: gave us rapping first. And J. Cole did... The same thing. J. Cole cannot
0: sing like Drake. Drake Drake got a real voice. I'm not going to say that. Like, no. That's, that's yeah. the, only word, yeah. the only place I separate Drake from all them other cats. is
1: that, that.
0: Is that when he make a if song you, singing, you can forget about the rapping and you can play this for your girl. I'm not taking my girl nowhere and playing her no 50 Cent singing song nah. thinking I'm going to get some tail off of that. But, if but
1: you give Drake his writing credits. If you had said that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had no argument before because I know Drake's pen game, R&B or rap. Yeah. It don't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> you know? but the sing, I'm just saying, man. I, like, I'll give you like, that It's one thing, it's, it's one thing to sing and rap and call it singing, but come on, man. Ja Rule and 50 Cent were never serious about singing, and they never did a whole song singing. Neither one of them never sang a song a whole song. They sing sing hooks I and they're basically that. carrying tunes. But Drake, man, come on man. This song going on. Like he sing a whole song to you. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> dope. That, that the only it's problem dope. I have
1: with giving Drake that is because if these other people didn't start doing it, it wouldn't exist.
0: We, we just talked about um, the Force and D's. They they started off doing it.
1: That's what I'm saying. The only thing he did was added his flavor. He just started singing more. That, that's all he did. He didn't change music because that was already existing. But did it really
0: exist in something that had not been done successfully? Like even the Force and D's didn't eat off that. They made a couple of albums, and they yeah. were and they were really singers. They didn't have no whole rap songs to give you. So, right. so right. the Force and D's are an R&B group that could rap and were rap sometimes in the mm-hmm. songs. Mm-hmm. They never made whole rap songs. Mm-hmm. And Drake made whole rap songs and whole R&B songs. Up, 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 up. Here it is. Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill is the predecessor to Jake not to mm. Drake not not the forcing D's, not Kanye not fifty not Ja it's Lauren Hill mm. who could really sing you a whole song and rap you a whole song and you will appreciate both of them equally
1: as long as you gave it to somebody
0: yeah 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 I, yeah. I can't say it's that Lauren
1: when you say Lauren Hill, it's Lauren because- Hill like she is.
0: Whew. It's Lauryn Hill there's nobody I, I can't I can't that. I can't think of anybody else that could successfully,
1: you I know, I get what you're saying. That yeah. can
0: successfully do both. Right. And Drake is the only guy in the game that can successfully sing an entire song that's a hit and also successfully rap an entire song that's a hit. T-Pain. And he's been doing it. T-Pain has never had a hit rap single. He might be able to, but okay. he cannot make right. a hit rap song. You got and it. And you're not going to take it serious. You got Drake it. can get on here with Future and yeah. Gopher Broke. He can get on here with Lil Wayne. You got it. He can it. kick it. it with Nicki Minaj. And then you he would turn it. around and sing your girl's draws off. Come on, man. You got it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You, you know what it. I'm saying? It's yes. You know, yeah. You got it. Yeah. Now, now let's talk about T-Pain. T Pain is is something to deal with too, What? and you know, and you talk about like look look what happened when T Pain showed Kanye
1: that little bit on, that you what see what I'm called? saying. So
0: that their compilation together, man, you know that was that was a lane change
1: mm-hmm. for
0: for Kanye mm-hmm. and for T Pain. Yes, to let somebody borrow what he's been working
1: on, right? You what, see what, what was I'm the saying with that track. It's, it's a whole
0: album they worked together, wasn't it? The uh, Good Life was good one life. of them. Yes. Yeah, it was just all, you know, T Pain and Kanye together. That's mm-hmm. two creative geniuses just, you know, on one track. Right. So yeah, man, Lane Changing, man. Lane Changing. Lane Changing has been, you know, it's been good for a lot of people. And if we like look at what we learned. Everybody who lane changed, most of them, 80% of the people we named, made their most successful song of their career. Off a of lane change, right? All the stuff that we love. Hey, right now y'all need to stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I love this show right here, man. You know what I'm saying? I really do.
1: Yes, sir. This is a good one.
0: Is this a place? Is this a good place to stop for the day, man? Yeah, man. Are we mean, done? Yes. I oh think we man, we covered the topic well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we hit it all, man. Hey, y'all. Stay in your lane. It's Capital City Podcast. I'm Capital J. It's my main man. D.L. Glass. And we in that building, we out of here. This
1: is Capital City with Capital J. Be sure to catch all the episodes wherever you get your episodes. Wherever you consume podcasts, we there. Capital City Podcast with Capital J.